strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz. Goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! You know what they say about life, Ron Wolfley? No. It's all about timing. Big Red beats Big Blue in the Big Apple and then gets out of town 72 hours before the nor'easter el grande let the next guy deal with three feet of snow you got temperatures in the high 50s and sunshine you were pretty happy bowling <laughs> very very happy now let's see you need another win it is december you need to keep your playoff spot you're currently in the playoff picture you have a wild card you know what um timing take another game against the nfc east please because you've already have Three wins against the NFCs by a combined 94 to 32. Timing. And this game is against a rookie quarterback, not making his first, but his second start. And why is that critical, Ron Wolfley? Because now you have 60 minutes of game film that his first <laughs> opponent, the New Orleans Saints, did not have. And do you think that might be a little bit of an advantage? And all oh, while we're at it, Philadelphia's uh, offensive line is fielding its 13th combination in 14 games. They're banged up yet again along that offensive line, and you're coming off a game with eight sacks. How about that for timing? As we say, welcome into the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford. My goodness, Paulie. I, I'm telling you right now, I am thoroughly impressed with that. I did not know that. Are you telling me 13? What is it? 13 different combinations of, of offensive line in the last 14 games? So many injuries. It's only an hour show. I don't think we could even get into all the serious? offensive line. It's beyond shuffling the deck. The only guy who's the constant is their three-time All-Pro center, Jason Kelsey. And everything has been a turnstile around him in more ways than one, both in terms, in terms of the ability of guys to get to their quarterback. Although, look, they had zero sacks given up in this last game. Sure. Saints did not get to Jalen Hurst. But just everything, the way it's unfolding, Wolf, you need a few breaks, you need to get rolling, and hopefully what you saw in New York continues, has staying power and shelf life here as December continues with three more games. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Paulie. Boy, it's an amazing thing. I did not know their offensive line was that bad. I know they were a mess in terms of injury and different guys playing, but not to that degree because that really is problematic right there. Now, again, you bring up a good point. Last week with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback, and it really does change their offense an awful lot, Paulie, to have Jalen Hurts at quarterback as opposed to Carson Wentz right now. Carson Wentz, 
Boy, the guy was in a funk. He really was. You watch him on tape, Paulie, and he was holding the ball. He was holding the ball. He was holding the ball. And one of the reasons why he was holding the ball is because when he was making a decision to throw the ball, many times he was throwing it to the wrong color. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Many times he was throwing it to the defense. So it's a situation right now where there's not a lot of confidence on that offense, but there is hope. Because Jalen Hurts is bringing hope to this football team. You could see it last week against the Saints. The kid went out, made a couple of plays, and it really rallied that Eagles defense. It was almost addition by subtraction. Just getting rid of Carson Wentz and the turnover machine he was leading the NFL obviously gave them a much much better chance to win. But then, like Pat P said this week, you know, he didn't have many dropbacks at all, Jalen Hurts. They attacked the Saints with rollouts and bootlegs, mm-hmm. and Pat P likened it to what the Rams did against the Cardinals with Jared Goff a couple of weeks ago. Except so, with RPOs. Yeah, so you, we know how challenging that was, obviously, and you still have the Rams on your schedule at the end of the season. Dan Arnold is going to join us tonight on the Big Red Rage. We're all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford just getting rolling on the Big Red Rage. drop in trouble is Jones and he fumbles the ball it's poked out but he recovers it Hassan Reddick with the sack and the strip short set pressure coming Jones is sacked by Hassan Reddick yeah Hassan Reddick coming off the edge right there Jones back to throw hit and sacked inside the five yard line he fumbled the ball it's recovered by the Giants Reddick and Golden were both back there again pressure coming and guess who's got him? Hassan Reddick with his fourth sack. Oh my goodness, he did it again. McCoy back to throw pressure coming. Sacked by Reddick and he forced the fumble. That's his fifth sack of the day. Man, Hassan Reddick has owned the New York Giants here today. Just a single game all-time Cardinals team record for sacks in a game. Five sacks breaking the previous mark, four and a half by Curtis Greer, 1983. Hassan Reddick, your NFC Defensive Player of the Week. And as we say, welcome back into the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Dan Arnold, our special guest, he'll be on deck here momentarily. Ron Wolfley, what was that like? You and Dave Pash calling that game. It must have been surreal to agree he came in with five sacks and he left with five sacks in the game for a total of 10 yeah there's no doubt about it that was an incredible performance by Hassan Reddick and what was so incredible about it Paulie was just the fact that go back and look at it it wasn't like there were a bunch of covered sacks there were not he made a move he beat his man and he made a play that to me is incredible when you consider the fact he had five of those You know, I'm going to bull rush you, I'm bullying the tackle, and then I'm coming off and making the sack. Or I'm going to get the edge. That's what he did. He got the edge, the arm under, came around the corner, got the sack. He beat his man and got the sack. It wasn't like they were covered sacks. So impressive. In a gross simplification of the truth, the the defense won a game for the Arizona Cardinals, Paulie. Think about it. The Cardinals are the first team since 1998 to have eight sacks and five forced fumbles in a game. 
Hassan Reddick had three forced fumbles. And, you know, speaking of the ball uh, out there and, uh, you know, for the taking, after the game, you had Coach Cliff Kingsbury, and here he is in the locker room, and we haven't heard this yet. He was giving out game balls, including one to Marcus Golden. Uh, it was it was off camera before the camera was rolling. Of course, Marcus Golden got everything started. The former Giant, when he had the strip right. sack and the fumble recovery, he took it inside the 10 on the first possession of the game. And then from there, uh, he we know where the next one was going. It was an absolute to Hassan Reddick. Here's Coach. Five sacks, a new Arizona Cardinals club record. <laughs> Nine catches for 136. D-hop. My man, Mike Nugent, stepped in and went four for four and two for three. Last one, the whole defensive staff and defense gets one. That's how you set the tone, baby. How about that? That's it, man. That's the locker room of a team i mean that that's that smells like momentum right there and a team that's starting to get it together in december you tell me 10 years in the nfl locker room what, what's the vibe there yeah there's no doubt about it paul you could hear it right all three phases too that's what i liked he gave out game balls to all three phases defense offense and special teams and the coaching staff throw that in right there just a huge win for this team especially paulie when you consider how it was trending going into this game you know, you think about it. The Giants, Paul, they had won four in a row. Yep. They, they had one of the hottest defenses on the planet. As a matter of fact, over the three weeks prior to playing the Arizona Cardinals, they had the best defensive quarterback rating in the league. Now, I know you could sit there and say, well, you know what? They played Carson Wentz and the Eagles, and they played the Cincinnati Bengals without Joe Burrow, of course, at quarterback. But they also had Russell Wilson in those those three games. And they shut down Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. The, the Giants were trending up and the Cardinals were trending down, having lost four of five, including three in a row. So to me, the fact they drew a line in the metaphorical sand and said, no, this is not going to continue. We're going to go on the road on the East Coast, play an early game, go out there and ball out, and they did, and they won the game. 159 total yards for the Giants. Oh. Think about that. Uh, you know, against Seattle, they ran for a buck 90, and so the Cardinals held them to 78 rushing yards. On third down, they were just 3 of 12. Cardinals dominated time possession, 38 22. And then after the game, remember what Kyler Murray said quote, there's still a lot out there. Yeah. I, and I think we're still waiting for that. The defense balled out, obviously, and they got the game balls. Yeah. But on offense, Wolf, we're still waiting for that complete game, that breakout game, aren't we? Yeah, we are, Polly. Um, but I, I loved what I saw. I absolutely loved what I saw last week. There was an expansion of the football universe, and you know what I'm talking about, Polly, right? Yep. You're just taking Kyler Murray and sticking him under center. Double-digit snaps under center. We have not seen that, Paul. To my no. recollection, we have not seen anything close to that. Double-digit snaps of Kyler Murray under center, that to me was huge. It had a positive impact on the game. They converted some third downs, as a matter of fact, with Kyler Murray under center, third downs that were important, using plays, uh, play action, I should say, to move the chains. Um, I remember a third and two, as a matter of fact, where there was a play action fake, and then Kyler Murray pulled up in the pocket, a little deep set in the pocket, a seven-step drop, and then hit, 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins on a drag on a third and two against zone cover. That moved the chains. They got points out of that possession. And then, of course, to Max Williams down near the goal line, a critical third and three. They used play action and a rollout for Kyler Murray off of that play action and hit Max Williams in the flat. Paul, I mean, this is stuff. That is an expansion of the football universe. And they also put him in pistol, shotgun. They had 21 personnel in the shotgun. Two backs, one on either side of Kyler Murray with a tight end and two wide receivers. I, We saw stuff that was just different from the Cardinals, and I love that. Make the defense worry about all of it, Paulie. And for all that dominance in the first half, it was still only a 6 nothing game yes. midway through the second quarter. And a real turning point in the game was third and goal at the 7. And Kyler's getting pressured right up the middle. And boom, he's on a backpedal. And he's got one choice. And he followed the advice of our next guest. When in doubt, just <laughs> throw it up. I'm 6'6". Six, six. I don't care if there's four DBs around me. Throw it where only I can get it. And that's exactly what Dan Arnold did. And he's going to join us next. He has four touchdowns in his last four games and our very special guest when we come back on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Third and goal on the seven. Three receivers right. Hopkins in one-on-one coverage wide to the left. Snap to Murray. Backing up in trouble. Throws it back in the end zone. Arnold jumps up into the air and catches it for a touchdown. There are four Giants in the area. It looked like Murray might be just throwing that ball away. But Arnold up into the air, grabbed it for a touchdown. When pigs fly, baby. (laughs) Throw the pig into the air against a blitz by the Giants, Dan Arnold in the back of the end zone, and Kyler Murray just flicked the pig into the air, and it flew and came down in the arms of Dan Arnold. Third and goal at the seven. It made it a 13-0 game. Cardinals on their way to a big win in New York in the Big Apple, and there I was, Ron Wolfley, sitting in that empty stadium, and And when I saw that play, I thought of the anecdotal information. The first mention of Dan Arnold we got late last season because we started hearing, hey, you know what? The Cardinals have picked up this tight end. He's 6'6", he's from the Saints, and he's just mossing people in practice. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, that's what they're talking about right there. That was the first impression that Dan Arnold must have made on Cliff Kingsbury and the staff, and it came to fruition again against the Giants, and now he joins us here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Dan, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? We're doing good, Danny. Really appreciate your time, man. Take us through that touchdown against the Giants, man. How did you feel, big guy? Yeah, um, it was pretty exciting play, nonetheless. Um, it was just, you know, I got one of those kind of scene back, red zone scenes in the back, and uh, Kyler was able to put it up there, and, you know, it's just one of those things, kind of like playing basketball. You just go up and get it and make sure nobody else can touch it. Were you the primary read on that? How did that break down, or was that more Kyler saying, oh, man, here comes the double-barrel blitz up the middle. i got to get rid of this. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny because sometimes you talk about primary reads and stuff on plays, but I feel like with Kyler, he's got trust in, I think, all the receivers around um, that are on the team, and, you can be a primary read in any given look, so you just got to be ready to be able to make a play for him, and you know that's kind of what happened. So, Danny, talk to us a little bit about 2020 and how you think the season has gone for you personally. Yeah, um, you know, it's at its 
it's it's been kind of ups and downs um, for me personally. Just kind of, you know, I, when I was with the Saints, I was kind of bumping up on practice squad, and uh, you know, I'd never really consistently played in in games. So this year's definitely been a challenge, just for you know going through playing all the games and getting con- you know a consistent amount of snaps. So it's been a challenge, just you know, just trying to figure that out, and uh, you know, stepping up in the next role that I, that I I knew that I wanted to be in. So um, yeah, I mean, as a blade, it's, <laughs> you can't you can't really knock it for having a couple touchdowns in the last couple of games, and that's been pretty exciting. So it's it's glad to finally see some of that hard work really kind of jump into where you want to be mm-hmm. and you're downplaying that a little bit it's all about you dan arnold presented by santan ford and gilbert that's four touchdowns in the last four games including those two against the rams has something changed here recently I, I, you tell me i mean uh you know something changed with your role your snaps your targets uh what has evolved here late in the season um no i i don't think it was really anything changed i think we've you know it's been kind of the the, the get-go from, from the start and, uh, you know, what I've been doing. And it just, you know, it's happened to finally hit pay dirt in these past couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, being able to make those plays, I think, is something that's only going to, you know, help boost my confidence and get me ready for more that's going to come. Hey, Dan, where is this offense right now? As you look at this offense and you critique the offense and the entire year, where is it right now and where do you see it going? Yeah, um, I think I think we we have a lot of room for growth. You know, I think just having you know new faces like the hop added this year, and you know, just trying to figure out how's the best we can put each of these different players in, you know, their best position to be successful. And I think you know, any Cliff came in last year, you know, and so it's only his second year. There's always going to be room for growth, and I I think that's kind of been the mo for this entire season. Has been you know, we're doing we're doing some really good things. We are doing some awesome things. But, uh, you know, the thing that I really like about Cliff is that he's never satisfied. And uh, he always wants to – he always wants to be pushing the boundaries even more and, and getting the most out of everybody and being able to, you know, have success for everybody. And I think, you know, it's going to come. It's going to come. We're just, we're just tapping into our potential right now, I think. Your role in this offense, obviously in the red zone, you're a big weapon, but we also saw that 59-yard opening possession catch and touchdown. It was the longest by a Cardinals tight end since Jackie Smith, who had 68 (laughs) yards against Dallas in 1972. By the way, Jackie Smith, Hall of Famer Jackie Smith, initials HOF on on that one. When you're at your best, how are you being utilized in this offense, do you think? Because I think a lot of people think 10 personnel and four receivers, and, and they tend to think maybe tight end is an afterthought, but you've proved that otherwise the last month or so. Yeah, I think, you know, just the things that I know that I bring to the table, you know, is just a guy who can who can get out and run, um, and do it pretty well, but also be a big frame somewhere. You know, Kyler can kind of put the ball anywhere in some space, and I'm going to be able to to find it and make the catch. Um, just one of those things that kind of you know we look we look for mismatches, whether it be against a linebacker that's necessarily not going to be able to keep up with some of the speed, or a DB who. I'm just going to have a little bit more length to be able to attack the balls. Um, so I think, you know, just, just being able to get out in space, being able to, to run, that's kind of kind of always been my forte. And, uh, and you know, I, I've 
I think that's that's just going to come more. And Wolf, uh, here was Kyler after the game, and uh, you know he was sort of building on what Dan just told us and what his philosophy is when he sees Big Dan Arnold at six foot six. Kyler, I mean, he he says it all the time, but the fact that I've seen him do it adds confidence. Um, I just try to give him a chance, put it to where he can get it. He's super athletic, uh, fast, jumps high, uh, got great hands. Um, so I, I just try to give him a chance to make a play. And when you say get out and run, you ran track at Division Three Wisconsin Platteville, didn't you? Because we Googled you up, and are you the Dan Arnold who finished first in 110 hurdles uh, in one meet and then also threw the javelin like 160 feet? Is that you, that Dan Arnold? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I had uh, some glory days back in my track days. <laughs> I mean, Wolf, think Man. about that. That gets you some serious cred in the locker room, doesn't it? No, there's not, no Wolf? doubt about it. I mean, Paul. you throw I mean, the javelin Paul, 160 you throw feet. Javelin. <laughs> I mean, that means you could have survived on the walls of Thermopylae, Paul. So, I mean, <laughs> let me let me just say this, Danny, right here. Um, what's it like to you to play with Kyler Murray? Uh, obviously, you've got to build a chemistry and a trust with your quarterback, but what's it like for you personally to play with Kyler? Yeah, um, I think it's, it's kind of awe-inspiring, to be honest, sometimes, because a player like Kyler just brings – such a crazy dynamic to the game, especially the quarterback position. Um, and I think sometimes it's just the coolest thing to just sit and sit back and watch and be like, wow, he's just making plays left and right, whether it be throwing the ball or, um, you know, putting it on a dime to receivers or he's just, you know, making plays with his feet. Being able to kind of be a part of that is is been pretty special. But I think the, the thing that I'm most excited for for him is just to see where that's going to take him in the next couple of years. Because mm. the kid's just getting started, you know. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's where your brain is like, wow, this, this is going to be crazy to see. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Dan, where can a guy like me get a javelin? If I brought a javelin out to practice with a camera crew for the Cardinals, could we get forget the throwing a football around the field? Could we get you to throw a javelin once everybody leaves the field and you're the only guy out there? Would you do that for us? Um, yeah, I mean, I only threw jab a couple of times. I was, I was a big hurdler. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of similar to throwing a football, but you just, you're just you stopping all of your body weight and momentum all at one time and trying to create a snap. So. It's actually pretty pretty taxing on the body, and a lot of guys end up getting pretty pretty banged up from it. Maybe we'll wait till after a playoff run, Wolf. You know, yeah. Can you make yeah. that happen, Wolf? That you would be the o- prudent thing, Paul. Yeah, get. Yeah, we don't need to be coach wondering right, what we're exactly. doing with the javelin. Uh, but you can get over to a sporting goods store. You work on that, Wolf. Ask for a javelin from Santa for Christmas, and then we'll make that happen, okay? Yeah, right, Polly. Whatever. As we continue with Dan Arnold and the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Drops back to throw. Pumps left. Now fires over the middle. It is caught for a touchdown by Dan Arnold. Pressure at his feet. Backing up. In trouble. Launches it over the middle. And it's caught by Arnold for a first down near midfield. Murray steps up. Fires far side. It's caught. Wide open Arnold at the 20. Running right to the 15 to the 10. Now Murray throws deep right. Arnold with a beautiful catch in Washington territory. Play action pass. Setting up is Murray. Looking deep. Firing. Middle of the field. Wide open at the 30-yard line. It's caught. Dan Arnold at the 20 to 10. Touchdown! Snap to Murray, backing up, in trouble, throws it back in the end zone. Arnold jumps up into the air and catches it for a touchdown. 
How about that? For a 2020 montage, Dan Arnold highlight reel off the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Voice of the Cardinals, Dave Pash, analyst Ron Wolf, yours truly, Paul Calvisi here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Now, Wolf, would you say Kyla Murray has targets at his disposal? Yes, but I would. Because uh, there's this stat that came out earlier this afternoon. I don't know if you saw this. Deontay Johnson, the Steelers' young receiver, who's a talented guy, you know, but he's had a tough year. He has 12 drops this year as yeah. a receiver. The Arizona Cardinals as a team have 10. Oh, Paul. So there are some sure hands on this team, whether you're talking about D-Hop, whether you're talking about Fitz, obviously, right? We're talking to Dan Arnold. And, uh, you know, Dan, you tell us. Because when Kyler says after that Giants game, we left a lot out there. Would you agree with that? Is that a sentiment, that kind of vibe that kind of goes and permeates through the entire offense? You guys are still waiting for that complete breakout game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, kind of how I was speaking earlier, I think I think it's just it's going to come, but we just got to put our heads down and keep working, and, and it'll be there. So, Danny, you're sitting around, you're watching tape all week long, you're looking at the Philadelphia Eagles. Tell me about the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Yeah, um, they got a pretty tough front. Uh, you know, they they like to play the run, and they're going to be pretty physical in, in the box. Um, and you know, they got pretty good secondary. They they kind of stick to the rules what they're going to do, and and they do it pretty well. Um, I think I think it's just going to be about us this game. To be honest, I think it's just going to come out with a lot of energy and and play to the capability that we can play at, and I think we're going to have success. Last week, Cliff Kingsbury told us on his TV show game plan. He said. The vibe at practice going to the Giants game, he sensed the team was angry. Larry today used the word hungry. How would you describe this December mentality right now, what you see? How, how do you like the week of practice so far and how it's tracked? Yeah, I think we've had a, a really great week of practice. Um, you know, high energy, which is, is something that I think is really important to us, um, being able to start fast. And I, w- I would agree with Larry that this team is very hungry to to be to be what we're capable of it's like that light at the end of the tunnel that we all see but it's just like gosh dang we got to get there and uh you know december is always a big month because you only got limited games left and i think with that mentality you kind of realize that it's either win or go home so i think it'll be pretty interesting to see danny are you feeling that i mean are you sensing that in the locker room that everyone understands the import of this game right now december football is here of course you've got three games left are you guys actually talking about it to each other in the locker room yeah absolutely i think everybody's you know we've kind of come together in these past couple weeks and i think what you saw with, his, with the Giants was kind of the beginning where it was like, hey, let's get everybody on the same page. And when that happened, we got we got the win. And now that we've seen that, it's only going to help us in the next couple of weeks to get to where we want to be. I may have taken the words out of Larry's mouth. We'll see. He was talking to the media and was talking about December football. And uh, here's what he had to say. Remember, the Cardinals haven't made the playoffs since 2015. Playing meaningful games in December is always fun. I mean, every single one is uh, of the utmost importance. We have zero margin for error right now. And uh, I think everybody understands that. There's a great sense of urgency. I think everybody senses it and they understand it. You're going to see the Pep and God step that's been different from years past when we've been out of contention. When you see a, a Philly team that's number two to the Steelers in overall sacks, 43, and the way they were able to pressure Taysom Hill 
last week. I mean, we're, we're talking about a, a quarterback with some mobility, and that was like the second highest pressure rate the Saints have given up since 2016. A team you know very well as a former Saint. How, how impressive was that to you, what the Eagles did on defense? Because everyone's talking about Jalen Hurts, and rightfully so, but it's that other side of the ball that shut down that potent Saints offense. Yeah, like I said, you know, they're, they're one of those defenses that just plays physical. Um, and they just, what, what they do, they do right. And they try to minimize their mistakes. And, um, you know, when you got a defense that's kind of clicking on that level, they're definitely going to be a, a, a tough adversary. So, Danny, if you're going to do one thing to beat that Eagles defense, uh, what do you need to do above all else? Um, I think, you know, like I said earlier, I think it's just going to be about us minimizing our mistakes, what we do, um, not letting drives be be delayed because of those mistakes. And, you know, we live off big plays. It's always been something that we've kind of been able to lean our shoulder on. And when guys are out there ready, they got their heads straight and everybody's working together and we can live off those big plays and, all of a sudden the energy just explodes, and then that's when our offense is truly shining. Speaking of exploding, is Fletcher Cox still destroying people on the football field? <laughs> is he still destroying? I mean, he's seen, when I watch tape, it looks like he is. Yeah, he's definitely – I mean, he's still got that gear. Um, you know, I played him a couple times in New Orleans, and uh, <laughs> he was always, he was always a, you know, one of the main speaking points. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. You know, a number of guys had talked recently, Chase Edmonds, DJ Humphreys, Kelvin Beecham, about the adjustment defenses had made to Kyler in particular with these mush rush, five-man fronts, zone coverage, all eyes on Kyler. What did you guys do last week? Do you feel like maybe you solved that to a certain degree and now gave defenses a little something extra to think about? Yeah, I think, you know, we played really great complementary football last week, which definitely helped us. And, uh, you know, kind of like how I said – when we're making big plays and having all that energy come to us, when we get that from the defensive side of the ball too, like you see offensive guys on the sideline getting hyped and like ready to go. That only just helps the entire team to get to, you know, the win. Hey, a reminder, the Cardinals have partnered with Gila River Hotels and Casinos to bring you the 12 days of giveaways. Visit azcardinals.com slash 12 days, number 12 and days, azcardinals.com slash 12 days to find out how you can win prizes like a custom jersey, autographed footballs, or a two-night stay in the Cardinals' fanatic room at Wild Horse Pass or V. Cueva Casino. Just go to azcardinals.com slash 12 days for details. All right, now, Wolf, one of the great parts uh, of Dan Arnold's story, and by the way, he did play in the NFC Championship game with the Saints against the L.A. Rams the year the Rams went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, is that he's a Division Three guy from Wisconsin, Platteville. Yeah. And you have a memory <laughs> from Platteville. Uh, yeah. Then you have no choice. It will come up oh, next no. as we continue here on the Big Red Rage no. presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Harbaugh. What an effort by Dan Arnold adjusting to that ball and then laying out for it. Incredible effort. Man, they, they love this kid when they got him. He, he is out of Wisconsin Platteville. He was claimed off waivers last year from the Saints. I once fought Richard Dent in Platteville, Wisconsin. And lost. <laughs> Although you told me you made him squeal, right? <laughs> well, I hit him under the chin. I hit him under the chin in practice. Then it was over, and I think 1.3 seconds I was destroyed. Super Bowl MVP and apparently a pretty good fighter. 
you know, Wolf, a 10-year career, yeah. four Pro Bowls, but I'm not sure I respect anything more about your playing days than the fact that you actually had the audacity to fight <laughs> Big Richard Den, a guy nicknamed the Colonel. You actually thought you had a shot. That's right, Bully. Hit him right under the chin on a wham block in Platteville, Wisconsin <laughs> with the Cleveland Browns up there <laughs> practicing with the Chicago Bears, and he went, Yee! Caught him right under the chin right there, and he didn't like it, Paul. Well, a guy who has much uh, more fond memories of, of Platteville would be the product <laughs> of Wisconsin Platteville Division Three football and track. We're visiting with Dan Arnold here on the Big Red Rage. You know what? Speaking of physicality and, and, and dare I say, fisticuffs, you know, how nasty does it get when, as a tight end? I don't know, in this offense, how often are you flexed out? How often are you asked to block? And, and Dan, I mean, how often are you just in the middle of a scrum at the line of scrimmage? Um, you know, I, I probably not nearly as much as Max, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's pretty nasty. That was kind of my, uh, that's kind of what I learned pretty, pretty quickly when I made the transition to tight end my year. Danny, do you enjoy that? I mean, honestly, do you enjoy tapping into the primal side? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely love, you know, being, being in the, in the scrim of it. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, so, you know, playing tough-nosed football is kind of what was bred into me. So, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely one of the more enjoyable aspects of football. In fact, Cliff tells a story, if I'm not mistaken, that you're the guy who wears his helmet during walkthrough. <laughs> is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, I would wear my helmet, especially now because we have to wear these, like, these masks all the time during walkthroughs. So sometimes it's easier to just wear your helmet because then you have to put on the mask. <laughs> you know... You know, Dan, we've been talking about the fact that you played football and ran track at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. What was your high school career like? Um, so high school was kind of interesting, I guess. I know. I guess I didn't really hit a growth spurt until later in high school, so it's kind of – that's what I – Like how late, Dan? Sorry, say that again? How, how late? Um, I didn't grow shoot, I probably hit my growth split when I was like a junior in high school. Really? Um, so that's kinda why I didn't really get a whole lot of recruiting. Hmm. How much did you grow in that junior year? Oh gosh, I think I came in at like five eight and then by the end of the year I was like six three. <laughs> six <laughs> Stop it. Oh my god. How disappointed were you, Dan, when you weren't drafted? How disappointed were you? Um, it was kind of one of those things that I, I definitely saw coming. Um, but I knew that coming from a small school, you're going to have to work regardless whether you are drafted or not. So, um, But it, it definitely opened up opportunities for me to kind of – I went to two rookie mini camps, had trials with both, and got sent home from both. And then it kind of just – from there it was like, okay, if you really love this thing, then you're either going to do it or you're not. So, um, you know, the same thing that called me back after the, the tryout you know, a couple of weeks later, and I was able to have another opportunity. So, here's here's the good news, Dan. That when we Googled up notable University of Wisconsin Platteville alumni, our Jim Omohundro did a little research, and your name, boom, right there on the short list, along with Todd Schultz, the director of the Jerry Springer Show. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. That's sweet, um, Wolf. That your guy. Awesome 
<laughs> Former Cardinals offensive assistant Jeep Christ Jeep? was the QB's coach. I did not know Blackout. that. I, wow. Yeah, 1987. And, Wolf, don't deny that you don't know about this one because there's a, a good item from the Wisconsin Platteville Wikipedia page, and I quote, the city has a large number of taverns, mainly on Second Street. <laughs> so, Wolf, don't act like you didn't Whoa, go to those taverns. In fact, I think that's no. where the Jim Harbaugh story actually <laughs> happened at those taverns back in the day. That's exactly right. Harbaugh sitting there where we're late for curfew, and he finally, finally left and got us home. The problem was he drove to his dorm and not our dorm, and we had to run 300 yards across an open field with no lighting. Talk about running to the darkness. Don't get me started on that, Paul. Are you kidding me? These memories are. Sorry about that, that you had to endure that right here, Dan. But talk to me a little bit about when you didn't get drafted and you came in. Has your NFL career gone the way you thought it would go? Oh, that's that's a tough question. I would say my NFL career has gone exactly how it should have gone. Um, and I, you know, I came into this thing. I didn't have anybody to talk to. Didn't really know anybody that had played in the league. So I kind of was like, I don't even know what to expect to be honest. Um, but I think everything that has happened was for a reason and it's prepared me for everything that's going to come next. Well, speaking of next, your head coach was asked about your potential. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. He's had a unique road uh, to the tight end position, and he's still learning the ins and outs, the strength to get down on the, on the D-line and be able to hold your own with the D-lineman and then be able to run uh, you know, routes that you can separate on cornerbacks like the Kelseys and the Kittles and, and the Gronks. He has the work ethic for it. I know he wants it, and um, I wouldn't put anything past him. What's your confidence that you're on the ascension and there's still a lot of potential to be developed in your game? Yeah, um, you know, obviously in the run game, there's always going to be stuff that it's like, hey, we need to get better with this. Um, but I'm, I'm confident that I, you know, I'm, I'm going to work my tail off just because that's how I came. When I came in the league day one, that's just the mentality that I had to be in order to get where I wanted to go. Um, so it's never going to be something that I'm going to be satisfied with. And I'm, I'm just kind of one of those people that's that's going to put their nose down and, and grind and keep working until, you know, you, you see the results that you want to see. And whether it be realistic or not, it's just that's that's what I want to do. <laughs> Having said that, Danny, I mean, you're, you're 25 years old. Where do you see your career at 30? When you're 30 years old, where do you think you're going to be in regard to playing time, starter, backup, still playing the game of football? Where do you see yourself at 30? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, with, with luck and, and some good things going my way, I'm still going to be playing, you know, in five years. Um, but, I, you know, I just, I just want to be – I see myself becoming the football player that I want to be, a tight end that's going to be more rounded, that can, you know, be – playing on every down and um, someone who can contribute a lot to the run game, but also contribute to the pass game and just being a complete tight end. Um, that's kind of where I want to, where I want to get to where the coach isn't going to be like, Hey, we, we got to pull him off the field and put somebody else in because he can't do that. Um, that's kind of been one of my things. <laughs> I don't like when people tell me I can't do something because my immediate reaction is like, okay, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. That's awesome. <laughs> so, That's awesome, man. You know, 
I take a lot of razzing, ribbing, and insults, quite frankly, from Ron Wolfley, and that's what he used to do in his days. He'd sit in the training room, and he'd lob insults. And, and Dan, I couldn't help but notice after the game, you were giving one of your teammates a hard time for what you said looked like a pencil case hanging off his backpack from fifth grade. And and I'm just wondering, you know, are, are you a guy who's more apt to kind of give than receive? Are, are you usually on the offensive, you know, when it comes to some of that locker room banner? Uh, yeah, I think this tight end group that we have is, is a pretty close-knit group. So I think you kind of always got to be on your defensive and be ready to take some shots if you need to just to keep everybody at bay um, just because it's always flying around with us. And I think this team, too, we're, we're pretty good at you know keeping it loose but also being you know able to concentrate and get get done what we need to get done. But it's it's this team is, a, is an awesome group, and it's a pretty unique group, that's for sure. Speaking of keeping everybody at bay, are you good at social distancing, Danny? <laughs> you any good at this? Um, yeah, my wife likes to. Uh, she likes to get on me when she thinks I'm stepping a little bit out of bounds. Um, but yeah, I, it's, this year has been it's, it's been an adjustment for me, especially because I like to just be around people and you know having having conversations with people and having people over and stuff like that you know it's, it's been it's been a challenge for me that's for sure well there you go that's why he's good in traffic wolf that's why yeah. there were four dbs in the end zone in new york and boom there's dan arnold he's Danny, good in traffic he doesn't mind the crowd i am so glad you are here man i thank you so much for joining us and spending some time with us appreciate it brother well absolutely i appreciate being here guys Okay, there you go, Dan Arnold. Uh, What a great way. We'll wrap up the Big Red Rage next, all brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. This could be the game. Fourth down and one. Handoff Hightower running right, gets to the outside, and he's got the first down at the 45 and pushed out of bounds. Throws a slant to Fitz, caught at the 30, inside the 25, and down at the 23. It's a gain of about 18 and a first down for the Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald is literally trying to will this team to victory right now. Pumps right, throws back to the left. Hightower caught at the 10, cuts left to the 5. Hightower to the goal line, and in! Touchdown! And the Cardinals retake the lead with 2.53 to go! Picked up by Dockett. Dockett inside the 10. That's it! The Cardinals have shot the world! Right but true! The Cards have done it! They're going to Super Bowl 43! How do you not still get chills up and down your spine? I'm instantly transported. That's the loudest I have ever heard State Farm Stadium. Yes. Bar none. No other game. Uh, The confetti coming down. Uh, Literally longtime Cardinals fans, grown men and women, brought to tears in the front row of the stands. I remember that visual, just the snapshots. Mr. B hoisting the trophy. Uh, You know, (laughs) Incredible moment, Bobby. The exhilaration. And, And it's a series that goes back to 1935. Eagles and Cardinals, 118th meeting. Wolf used to play against them twice a year back on that cement that was Veterans Stadium. You guys go back there. But here comes an Eagles team, and as the headline screamed in the Philadelphia Inquirer after they snapped that four-game skid, Hurts so good. Jalen Hurts. And it just appears to be a different team. Obviously, the scheme is different, but it looks like everybody is playing differently, and they're playing behind this rookie quarterback. Would you agree with that looking at the film? No, there's no doubt, Paulie. And again, you've heard me say this for so long, but offensive football provides hope to a football team. Hope. 
you know, you get down in a game, you get down two possessions maybe, and yet you believe in your quarterback and you believe the offense can actually bring you back. And if you go back and look at that Saints game where the Eagles got a lead in that game, boy, you could just see the defense starting to rally around Jalen Hurts and the fact that they actually had a lead in a game against the Saints. It, it provided hope for a football team. Listen, you know what? Honestly, I... I think of this game coming up against the Eagles, Paulie, and all I can think of is protecting Kyler Murray. You mm. protect the football if you protect Kyler Murray. You have to protect him, keep him clean in the pocket. This is the number one team in the NFL in sacks per attempt, that being the Philadelphia Eagles. They get after you. they got a great pass rush. They've got a bunch of quality defensive linemen, guys, of course, like Derek Bennett, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. These are guys that we know their names, they're pros, they do a great job. The offensive line in protecting Kyler Murray is job one. You protect Kyler Murray, you protect the football, and if you protect the football, I think the Cardinals should win this game. Well, I guess that answers my question, what scares you most about the Eagles? That's the defensive side of the ball on offense. On offense, you have a Saints team that hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 55 games. They allowed two. Right. Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. And Vance Joseph talked about it today. You're talking about a quarterback who ran for seven first downs in that game. Yes. That's so, why you got to flip it around, Paulie. Let me ask you, and this is a question today, the fact the Cardinals have Kyler Murray and the defense is familiar with Kyler Murray, even mm-hmm. though the ones don't go against the ones in the regular season. How much does that help the Cardinals' Without defense? Without a doubt. Against? It has to, right? Without a doubt, Paulie. Yeah, this is the reason why we talked to Cliff Kingsbury. I asked him, are you going to be in that coach's office? Are you going to be in the defensive coordinator's office just a little bit more because he can help him with a dual-threat quarterback in an offense that is being run like that. I, I don't know. I would imagine they're going to have extended conversations and have already had those extended conversations in regard to how to stop Jalen Hurts in the Eagles' offense. Well, Sean Payton said after the game, he was impressive just watching him. I thought he played with poise, made some throws. He was smart. He did a good job. He wasn't Carson Wentz. He didn't turn the ball over. Eagles got to yep. win. They're still in contention for the playoffs at 4-8-1. Cardinals are in the playoffs as we speak. Special thanks, Dan Arnold, Cody Fincher, Jim Alma 100, executive producer for Ron Wolf, and Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage. Number one, Kyler You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.